Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Thank you. 
That was the Jake Sheps Quintet, comprised of Jake Sheps plays banjo. The guitarist is Jordan Tice. Ryan Dricky plays violin. The mandolinist is Matt Flinner, and Andrew Small is the bassist. I'm Terrence McKnight, and I'm here in the studio with Jake Sheps. He's the leader of this band. He's a Colorado-based banjo player who has found the intersections between folk, roots music, and classical styles. His latest album from 2012 featured the music of Bela Bartok's folk-inspired music. And for his latest CD, it's called Entwined. He joins contemporary classical music with the traditional string band. Jake, welcome to our studio. Thank you. Great to be here. Just quickly, what is the traditional string band? The traditional string band, as minted in 1945 by Bill Monroe and his Bluegrass Boys, was Bill Monroe played mandolin, and he had a fiddler, an upright bassist, a kind of flat-top guitar played with a pick, steel string guitar, and five-string banjo. Now, so for this record, you've commissioned typically classical composers, guys who work right for the concert hall, like Mark Mellitz, Matthew McBain. How difficult was it for you to get these guys to write for a string band for, for this quintet? To they, write bluegrass music, how difficult was that? Yeah, they, How'd you um, sell them on the project? <laughs> I approached them because I heard their music, and it was music that I wanted to play in some way. And so I, there was a, a kind of natural affinity and I think that they felt that on some level, even if they weren't very studied in bluegrass. And the, most of the instruments in the string band are fairly, most classical composers have written for guitar and bass and violin. And a mandolin is tuned like a violin. And so those were pretty familiar territory. But the, the five-string banjo is a little bit of an enigma to compose for and for a kind of classically trained composer. Yeah. So what were the challenges for these composers? Did they speak with you about that? Was there some kind of collaborative process between you and the composer? Sure. I sent them lo- I sent them lots and lots of musical samples of things that I had recorded in other contemporary string bands so they could kind of understand how the string band functions as an ensemble because it's obviously more than just the five parts, the five individual voices. There's a lot more going on. And so I sent them lots of that music and then lots of kind of examples of here's the range and here's kind of what works really well on the banjo and what's idiomatic for the instrument and what what maybe is more challenging and what key centers to kind of maybe avoid. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of your band, in terms of the collective, does playing this music force you all to grow in some way? Does it have you all doing things that you don't typically do with the music that you typically play? For sure. Everybody in the group has gone to music school except for myself because while well, there are some banjo programs today, but when I was learning, there weren't that many universities to go to f- to study banjo. But most of us, uh, Matt Flinner aside, have not spent much time on stage presenting long-form music, multi-movement works, and or reading notation on stage. And so both of those have been a new new terrain for us to get used to. Everybody in the band is great improvisers, and we're all finding it challenging and rewarding to present material that's through composed that we need to play the same each night. So folks like Yo-Yo Ma, Bela Fleck, were those guys, Mark O'Connor, were they inspiration for this project? For sure. I thought that um, Yo-Yo Ma's Goat Rodeo Sessions project that came out a few years ago was probably for Yo-Yo Ma fans, it may have been a little bit of a step in a in a different direction, but for within kind of coming from the string band world, I heard it as Yo-Yo Ma stepping into the string band world, and 
I think there's such a kind of vitality and vibrancy within these instruments and what we what we have and present. The the string band instruments really sound great together. That's a big big part of it. Like it's a very unique combination of instruments as well as they they sonically work really well. So when you put this band together, uh, what did you look for? Where did you find your guys? How how did you all come together? And what sound did you have in mind? I wanted people who were who are interested in playing notation off the page, which is not not every musician. Many of us are improvisers and like to improvise more and play with it more. And so finding those people, Matt Flinner and I have collaborated for many years, and so he was an obvious choice. And uh, just, I think, more and more students kind of from the, the community of bluegrass musicians, there's more and more that have gone to school and that are kind of coming out and playing string band music. And so there's a larger and larger pool to draw from, but... Uh, that's what I was looking for, somebody who could actually read standard notation and was eager to try and present something that's that's outside their comfort zone, that's kind of collectively outside our comfort zone where we've reset it, where we're all kind of struggling to get through this. I don't mean struggling in a bad way, but struggling in a good way. Yeah. Now, one of the band members is a composer, uh, Matt Flinner, who's here at the microphone with us now. Now, Matt, I watch you guys play, and I notice that you were tapping your toes. It was ah. in one of the tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Trying not to, but it's hard to avoid. Well, yeah. well let's talk about that because yeah. the record is called Entwined. And I, so mm-hmm. maybe you can describe why you called the record that and what are you entwining? You know, what do you bring from the two worlds, the classical world and from the bluegrass world in this music? And, mm-hmm. and maybe some of that tradition that I saw was the bluegrass <laughs> tradition that in your That groove, toe. that yeah. beat, yeah. Like you said, we're trying to entwine these two. Well, it's one of the names of the pieces, too, or movements is entwined. But um, that's the challenge is getting those two worlds to meet in a way that makes sense. It doesn't sound contrived. For me, it was trying to get, as a bluegrass musician, but I've studied you know classical composition, but I wouldn't call myself a composer, but trying to write across that that line you know, where, where we get um, into a long-form thing that still works as a bluegrassy kind of a thing. You know, I wanted to get some rootsy elements in there. Classical music goes so many different directions these days. And um, one thing that I feel like maybe we could use more of is more American roots elements added to that. I mean, there are composers that are doing that. But bluegrass is, you know, a uniquely American art form. And I feel like I'd like to see it get it feels like it's getting more respect as that. You know, jazz is a great American art form. Bluegrass is another one that that combines these elements that came from all these immigrants, you know, from the, the Irish and Scottish musicians and the African-American musicians and all these things that were uniquely put together. And if we can bring this Ameri- uniquely American style maybe a little bit more into classical, modern, whatever we want to call modern classical composition, I think it would be a wonderful thing to have this, you know, uniquely American rootsy direction added a little bit more into the music nowadays. Yeah, so do you feel that in terms of where you guys play, you play here in New York City, you're playing subculture. Uh, Perhaps you guys play bars, uh, clubs. Does your audience give up something by having you all play this music? Is there some (laughs) emotional thing that happens in bluegrass music that is is tamped down uh, in these classical arrangements, or are you expanding their kind of listening palette what do you think happens with this record? That's a great question. You know, some people walk out because they're expecting bluegrass and they want to be able to tap their toes and they want to be able to have these, you know, simpler things to follow, I suppose, or just a different different style. But uh, I know a lot of people have felt 
maybe they don't know what to expect, and I think their listening awareness is expanded, hopefully, and they're, they come away thinking, wow, that was really interesting and really different, maybe not what I was expecting, didn't know a bluegrass band would do something like that or could do something like that. I would agree, and also I think playing a 25-minute through composed suite is for many bluegrass fans would sound fairly academic and stiff and dry. And uh, I think it's something that we could all use more of, including myself in life to really kind of dig in and listen to more long form pieces. And my goal in part uh, was to offer some like a sonic texture that was familiar enough that maybe the folks could dig into new styles of music that they weren't previously familiar with. And they would go on and explore more classical forms, but, uh, Yes, people come expecting a kind of uh, a little more yeehaw than maybe we present in a concert. Now, Jake, you told the Boston Globe that, I mean, you're already thinking about your next project. You told the Boston Globe that for your next project, you're looking at music by Henry Purcell. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are you thinking about? Um, I fell in love with his Fantasias, the kind of three and four part fugues. And uh, I mean, I love Baroque music and Bach and... I'm just I'm kind of always curious for places that I can take string band instruments into new terrain. And fortunately for banjo, it's pretty easy to make a lateral step into music that that has never really been covered on the five string banjo. Even though many of the lions and on the instrument have covered lots of terrain, it's still easy to go and record a personal piece where plenty of violinists and viol de gambas and all sorts of instruments have kind of approached that music. It's something that I would love to be more part of my own writing and my own musicality, and so that's part of the part of the idea there. Mm-hmm. How do you draw a classical audience to this project? Is that important? Mm. My hope, my hope with this project, like I said before, about having a bluegrass audience find something interesting about classical music. My hope is that classical audience or classical fans would come to this and find something interesting about bluegrass. And in our show, we present other music that's kind of fiddle tunes from around the world, and we present other music where we're taking solos and more improvised, and uh, that somebody who is more into classical music might come and see something like that and open their ears both to the sounds of the string band and just kind of a different level of engagement that they might normally see with a a Beethoven or Schumann program. So my hope having it out there is that more classical audiences will actually encounter this music and, and see it. Now I know, I happen to know that collectively our audience loves Beethoven. He always wins our classical music. (laughs) Collectively, does your band have a favorite classical musician? We, we love composers that are, doing what we're doing, like Edgar Meyer or, uh, you know, people like that, that I, I, it's hard to say. Classical musicians. We're so into this, like, rootsy, folky string band thing, I suppose, that we, could, we would probably agree on a few of those. I like Beethoven. He's probably my favorite. Sure. <laughs> as far as composer. And I think we all, we all get turned on and listen to different stuff. And I think because, you know, we're not, we're not coming from, or not all of us are coming from such a, tradition of of working through a pedagogy of material like that that you know my path my path through this has been much more haphazard where it's like I get turned on to Beethoven or one particular side of Beethoven 
that I really like, and then I'll listen to Ligeti, and then I'll listen to Matt McBain, and then I'll listen to you know a Swedish folk band, and then I mean we kind of live in a world of shuffle in in the best of ways, and everything is at our fingertips, and we can dive into any sort of music, and I feel like in this day and age, more and more folk music is being recognized as such high art. It takes a lifetime to sound good playing old-time fiddle to really sound good and convincing on that. And that's being recognized maybe not as high art, but certainly as as an extremely valuable art and skill alongside the greatest classical violinists. His name is Jake Sheps. His partner, his bandmate, is Matt Flinner. The band is called the Jake Sheps Quintet, and their album is called Entwined. I'm Terrence McKnight, and this is the WQXR Cafe Concert.